You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. I'm Heather Carroll. And I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. We're your hosts this morning for Real Presence Live. Thank you for joining us. We're broadcasting from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. If you missed our first interview, it was with Camille Pauly from Healing the Culture. I am beyond excited that they're in South Dakota. When I heard that Father Spitzer was moving, that organization here was like... Right. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, and Camille talked, talked about this a little bit um, early on, but Father Spitzer is holy and brilliant. He's brilliant. Um, bl- I, almost completely blind, uh, and you would never, I mean, just if you read his books or watched even his videos, you wouldn't necessarily realize that he's blind. Just his, his ability to teach without notes is, oh my gosh. Well, and I know him better from Father Spitzer's universe. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And he's a brilliant man, so we're pretty lucky to that they we came are. to South Dakota. Amen. Amen. It's very Minnesotan of you. <laughs> so, how are things going here, Dr. Bergwald, with the diocese? They are going fantastic, Heather. Are they? Any, yes. Any big things in yes. Yes, we just started pipeline. Not well. Well, this is not in the pipeline. It's already out of the pipeline. But okay. last Friday we ordained three men to oh the my priesthood. Gosh. Father, let's. I think we alphabetically, right? Yes, Father okay. Nick Heyer, Father Mitch McLaughlin, and Father Zach Schaaf, Zachary Schaefbauer were all ordained to the the priesthood. Last That's Friday. super exciting. Yeah, it was a. Beautiful mass and uh, just a great event. And I wish I could have gone, but you know, I got, I got were, trumped were, by the mother. You, <laughs> yes, you did. Um, <laughs> and the cathedral was full. I mean, it was yeah, good. Just a, yeah, was, beautiful. I absolutely love ordinations. Yep. yep. So exciting and. I suppose you, on some level, get to know each of the seminarians. To some degree, yeah. So um, the Discipleship and Evangelization Office uh, works together with the Vocations Office in um, the, the formation process for our, the seminarians for the Diocese of Sioux Falls. So, yeah, I, I uh, have gotten... To, the the three who were just ordained got to know them a little bit over the last year, but then all the guys who are coming in, new seminarians, we get the opportunity to meet them, get to know them a little bit, and help them discern God's will for their life and uh, be formed as men of God, whatever their vocation is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and it's comforting to me um, because I, we talk we talk a lot about how the priesthood we need vocations, right, and. But it may, it brings me comfort to know that there, and I don't know exactly how it's set up, and you can correct me or whatever you want to do, but that there is a group of people on the backside making sure that whoever is going into the seminary is truly called to the seminary. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, we and we um, just over a year ago, we... Uh sort of, I don't know, took a new approach. Father Jordan Sampson is the vocations director for the diocese. Uh, he has been for the last couple of years, and we've had voca- great vocations directors for, for well, decades at this mm-hmm. point. Um, 
but it's a lot for one guy to do, especially when, as, as is the case with Father Sampson, he's also a full-time pastor at, at some parish here. In some Sioux wonderful Falls. parish yeah. here in Sioux Falls. <laughs> um, Christ the King. And he's responsible for campus ministry as well. So mm-hmm. he's got a lot on his plate. So um, Bishop DeGrood took a, a, a team approach where, where there's there's a group of us, uh, myself, Father Scott Trainer, Eric Gallagher, Teresa Hendrickson with the, from the Lord Center, um, uh, and now Father uh, Tony Klein, vocations advocate. So there's a team of like six of us involved in vocations work. So it's not all, I mean, it's, it's not the only thing that I do, certainly, as director of discipleship formation, but all of us uh, are able to bring our gifts to bear to help Father Samson and, and the work that he's doing for the bishop uh, of the Diocese of Sioux Falls mm-hmm. to promote vocations, particularly, but not exclusively to the diocesan priesthood. Um, and then help young men discern if this is something that they're called to do. And then, of course, when they go to seminary, the seminary does a lot of the heavy lifting, but we're still involved in, in their formation, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So, other things going on in the diocese. What uh, I know there's a new program that has started. Yeah, School Missionary Discipleship. I'm mm-hmm. guessing yep, that's what you're talking yep. about. Yeah, so yep. we, um, we've we talked about Equip, I think, before yeah, on, I think we have. on uh, the show. It's a Equip... Um, is a program that we started a few years, several years ago now. Uh, basically, deep formation for for missionary discipleship is sort of how we summarize what Equip is. Well, School of Missionary Discipleship is sort of a, a broadening of of the work of what Equip has done. Uh, School of Missionary Discipleship exists to form anybody. Uh, not just laity, but religious and clergy are also uh, invited to participate if they'd like. Uh, and there's, we start with a deep dive in, in the first year on how to pray. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's so important, Heather. I mean, I, for a lot of us as Catholics, we would, um, when we were young, we learned prayers, but we didn't necessarily learn how to pray. Mm. Yeah. Because it's one thing to repeat words, to say words. It's another thing to pray. Um, so, yeah, so I think that's just a, uh, to, to begin that way it, it, because it's about the relations. Prayer is about our relationship mm-hmm. with God. Mm-hmm. So, for us to take a whole year to learn how to pray, I think is, is, is a great way. Prayer was, has always been a part of equip, but by starting school missionaries, discipleship with a whole year focused, um, on, on prayer, I think is, is such a, a, a great gift. And then, um, from there years two and three, a deep dive into scripture and church history, into the teachings of the churches that are summarized in the catechism. Uh, and then for those, uh, who, who might feel called and interested, uh, there'll be an opportunity perhaps for some spiritual direction formation uh, down the road to become a spiritual director mm. but then for for any participant just to learn how how do i walk with other people how do i talk about my faith in ordinary everyday ways um that's all what school missionary discipleship is all about so in our diocese that's responding to the diocesan vision heather what's the diocesan vision oh, for why? the diocese of Falls? um lifelong catholic 
discipleship. Missionary discipleship. Missionary discipleship through God's love. Through God's love. Amen. Well done. Almost. Well done. But yeah. And so that's like a direct answer to that call. Yeah. I mean, so Equip was going on before Bishop DeGrude came uh, and this, the the, the vision um, for our diocese came with him. Uh, But this is, the school missionary discipleship is definitely a response as well to that. But that really is the church's the work of the church, is, as it always has been, mm-hmm. to make mm-hmm. disciples. Right. To equip, to empower, to inspire everyone in the church, whether it's clergy, religious, or lay, to grow in their own relationship with God. But then how can I share him with others? Well, and I love the fact that you have started with prayer first. <clears throat> you started with the relationship first. Because we can all learn about somebody or something. Yeah. But if it has a personal connection yep. to you, how much more is that going to mean to you? Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So I love that you guys have... Because most people would be like, here's the ABCs and now... You know, now you love him. No, that's not how it works. Right, absolutely, absolutely. And then, then, then the benefit is then you're that much more. I mean, the pump is primed for when you get into some of the more quote unquote learning that'll come with mm-hmm. scripture and church history and and the teachings of the church. When you're able to contextualize it, because this is about me growing in knowledge of this this. God, mm-hmm. whom I've met and am growing in relationship with through my prayer. So it, it does definitely help um, some of the intellectual content come alive in a great yeah. way. Yeah. It's like you guys know what you're doing. Right? <laughs> After almost 20 years, finally figuring something out. No. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, if you're just tuning in, uh, you're just listening to Dr. Chris Bergwald and I banter a little bit about what and the diocese. Oh, I'm Heather Carroll. Oh, okay. I'm that girl that laughs. Um, <laughs> so if you're just tuning in, we've just been chatting about what's going on in the diocese of Sioux Falls and kind of answering the vision of our bishop. Yeah. For yeah. the diocese. Yep. Yep. So, but let's take a quick break, Chris, and when we come back, we'll have a little bit more banter. Sounds good. And then Emily is joining us. Emily Lee, on top of the hour. All right. Stay with us, folks. More Real Presence Live right after this. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management's properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. For questions, Rose Management can be reached at 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. It's no secret that parents and students alike love the University of Mary, the nation's most affordable, serious Catholic university. The Mary community provides students with a home away from home, one that is grounded in the rich vibrancy of the church. With nearly 60 degree programs, 18 NCAA Division II athletic teams, and a thriving university ministry program, there's something for everyone. Find your place at Mary. Visit cometomary.life. Hearts are being changed. This is, a, this is real. It's not just hyperbole. People's hearts are changed. People yeah. are converted. They're, well, they're surfing the through the radio, and all of a sudden they stumble on this, this radio station. And that just is the way, uh, that's the way that God uses to bring a whole new chapter in their life. And uh, 
the Lord is literally drawing us closer to himself through this radio station. So uh, our task as Christians, as Catholics, is to spread the gospel, teach all nations, and this is the way to do it. So God is giving us the opportunity to fulfill our calling, our mission, our vocation in life. This is great. So any, any, you can't be outdone in generosity. I'm Absolutely. sure you, you, we've said that and heard that, but even though it sounds cliche and trite, it is not. You cannot outdo God in generosity. So anything that you give for the kingdom of God, you will receive in many ways, shapes, and forms. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. And you're listening to Real Presence Live. We're broadcasting today from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, from the Pastoral Center here in Sioux Falls. Thank you for joining us, and thank you for tuning in. So we are just bantering, and Chris... I've got said I can ask him whatever yep. okay. I want. Okay. You get, I, so I do have a. I've got something ready to talk about. If if you, I don't like your question. I don't really have a question. What? So go for it. <laughs> Thirty seconds before we got done with break, he's like, "You can ask me whatever you want," and I'm like, <gasps> and you froze, and then panicked. I panicked. I had the perfect opportunity, folks, and let it go. So, do you know who the author Dean Koontz is? Yes. Uh, so tell tell our listeners about Dean Koontz in case they've never. So heard he's him. a fiction writer of novels, and he writes really creepy books. Yes. <laughs> Do you know his religious persuasion? No. He's Catholic. Okay. And I don't know if he had a reversion or a deepening. So by reversion, I don't know if he. Um, hadn't been practicing and then started, or if he's always been practicing, it's just deepened. But I remember hearing probably about 10, well, maybe 15 years ago or so now that like he like takes his Catholic faith very seriously. He's got this whole series of books all called the odd Tom. Like this. I really love the odd Thomas books. So I, so you've read, so I haven't re- I've only read like three or four. I've Coons read them novels. all. Co- co- all the Coons novels. Period. No, no, no. Odd uh, Thomas. <laughs> okay. So you've read. A, okay. So you're more of a, well, I'm reading one of his books right now. Which one? Uh, seven, 77 something street. Creepy street, yeah. <laughs> pretty much creepy. That's pretty much it. Uh, Shadow Street, I think. 77 Shadow Street, okay. I think. Something like that. Um, the, the, here's the thing that struck me. I was reading this book. Um, so I started it, and it hooked me pretty quickly. Quickly, And then I got a few dozen pages into it, and I'm like, because it is creepy, right? It's kind of scary. I'm like, mm-hmm. is this really worth my time? <laughs> Should I be reading something else instead? Why am I? Has it, has wh- it been keeping you awake at no, night? No. <laughs> no. Um, but then, then I got invested in the characters. What's going to happen to them? Yeah. But there is this one. This is not really a spoiler. This is a mild spoiler, but it's very. I'll be keeping very vague. There is one character. Actually, there's two characters um, where both of them are um, being changed into something else. Mm. They're being changed as some creepy creature. Right. Um, and it reminded me as this, as I'm reading, uh, as this is happening, these two characters of a movie I saw like 20 over tw- like 25 years ago where there was a character who was being changed into some monstrous thing uh, in the movie. Now in the movie, as this is happening, she, she, she kind was of, was it Teen Wolf? 
<laughs> no. <laughs> no, it was not. Uh, it was a John Carpenter movie starring, starring Sam Neill, but I can't mm. remember the title of it okay. right now. Uh, as as this woman is being changed, she kind of cries out to the, the Sam Neill's character, like, uh, I'm losing myself. Hmm. I'm losing myself. And in, so that was 25 years ago. I still remember kind of one of these scenes where, this, where she's changing and she's like, I'm losing myself. This book, there's similar lines are said by characters, but they're okay with it. Like, you know, I'm, I'm becoming something I'm not. So here's the thing that occurred to me, uh, Heather, about this. We, I, I, I think this is a common plot device you'll find, especially in thriller horror stories, whether the movies or books, mm-hmm. where they're being changed to some monstrous thing, and, and they're losing themselves. So I think th- this trope, this this common plot device, speaks to a deep fear that we all have, hmm. that we were, I'm losing my identity, or it's, who am I? Sure. What am I? Right. And I, th- I and I think that this this it's a scary thing, um, or it's used in horror stories, scary stories, because we have this fear of not knowing who we are or of becoming something quote unquote that we're not. And obviously, we're not talking about literally monsters right. in the case of real life. But I think there is a there's a there's a deep reality there. The condition of the human heart. We need to know who we are. Um, and when we don't know who we are, or when we feel like we're becoming something we're not, it's, for lack of a better word, scary. Right. Well, because I think we've all experienced times in our lives where we have become so of this world for however, for whatever reason or however, but then you realize, um, through an experience, how far off the mark you've gotten right? and how easily it happens. Right. And I think that's the part that's scary for me, at least is how easily it happens. Yeah, absolutely. But, but I think there's even other subtle ways where we can, um, misunderstand who we are. So, uh, so our, our next guest, Emily Leadham. Emily and I talked about this recently um, on an episode of Ignition, mm-hmm. uh, my podcast. She was she was my guest uh, about how we can um, confuse who we are with what we do. Yeah, that's the truth. But doesn't some of who we are part of what it's we do? It's related to what we do, but um, but what I do flows should flow from who I am. Mm-hmm. But where does who I am come from? So there's this, have you heard of, so the acronym RIM, R-I-M, does Mm-mm. that mean anything to you? No. So relationship, identity, mission. Relationship, identity, mission. So the short version of this is, it's in my relationship with God that I discover who I am sure. and what I am called to do. But the order is RIM. In my relationship, I discover my identity, who I am, and my mission, what I'm called to do. And in all sorts of ways, we screw up the order or we miss a letter. So um, I might confuse who I am with what I do. I put the M first. Um, I might try to discover my identity apart from my relationship with God. I ignore the R. Uh, 
but it's it, it's in that order, my relationship with God, that I discover my identity and my mission. So for me, this kind of connects with what we're talking about, the school of missionary discipleship in, in the first segment. Um, it's in my relationship with God, uh, particularly through my prayer, my conversation with him on, on hopefully a daily basis, <clears throat> that I become aware of and deepen my understanding of who I am and what he has called me to do. Um, so, so before I am director of discipleship formation, uh, before I am a friend to whoever, before I am um, son of Tom and Nancy, before I am father of Elena Carl Noel, Lexi Mercedes, even before I am husband of Jermaine, I am a beloved son of the father. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's easy to say those words, but it's another thing to no no for it to be you know in my bones like to know in my gut if you will that that's the truth of who i am so as i'm reading this dean coon's novel i'm like struck by huh this this little plot device which you find all over in horror stories books movies and so on speaks to a deep reality of the human condition um that we when we don't know who we are it scares us. It mm. terrifies us, as mm-hmm. you see. So, so um, whether I don't think I don't think Stephen Stephen King and Dean Coons, Coons maybe I don't know. I don't think they're aware of this like on an intellectual level yeah. uh, when they use this this plot device, but it's it's a real one nonetheless. Well, and it's amazing how much it really does scare us. I mean, that's the medium that they're using to scare right. us. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's fascinating. So that's, uh, yeah, I mean, people will ask me often, so what are you reading lately? Well, right now I'm reading a, a scary that's, book. I would never, ever, ever, Dr. Bergwald, ever thought you would read a fiction like that. Uh, yeah, every now and then. So I, I, I can definitely, um, m- much of my leisure reading is usually nonfiction, but a few times, usually it's around Christmas, uh-huh. uh, but obviously it's not Christmas in June right now. Even. No. Um, uh, but but right now, yeah, I, we were at the library a few weeks ago. I'm like, oh, let me browse the fiction stacks. And, oh, Dean Coons, I've read a couple of his novels before. So let me ask you this question, because this is something I have struggled with personally. Um, so we all know I work for Real Presence Radio. When I'm not here, we all know I'm at the mustard seed, right? <laughs> yes. So my world tends, and then my world tends to revolve around my faith and God and all of those things, right? That stuff. That stuff. So, and I love it. I absolutely am in love with my faith. I'm in love with God and all those things. And I have to preface that because I'm about to say something that seems so, I can't believe I'm saying it on the radio. Do you ever get tired? Of? Of always doing religious things. Oh, no. You don't? No. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. Like, there are moments when I get home and I'm like, okay, I just need a break. Oh, oh. Well, I, okay. It, <laughs> I don't like, oh, like, I need a, so obviously I'm reading a non-religious book right now, obviously. So, but it's not because, uh, I mean, I, I, I get tired or I, I, it's not the right word, but it's like, I need a break from. The religion. Does that, I don't know if that makes any sense. And it sounds terrible the way I'm putting it. So, it really, it does sound awful. I'm You're just right. horrible. <laughs> horrible. But sometimes I just want a little Chicago fire nonsense 
get oh a TV show. Why <laughs> <laughs> like, is, that a Why is Chicago that on I... fire? <laughs> Omaha was in fire yesterday. <laughs> oh, so, I know. Um, but do you ever need that break? Oh, yeah. So I, yeah, but Heather, 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 that's not a break from religion. No. Just because you're not reading some writing of a saint or a work of a theologian does not mean. So our faith is meant to suffuse everything that we do. Yeah. So even even my reading of a Dean Coons novel, you're connecting it to the church. I abs- and I did <laughs> and that. Faith, I, faith. I already did that explicitly. But the, the I mean, um, the Catechism talks about how uh, so the church teaches that everything we do, if we do it with the right spirit, can be can be an act of of worship. Sure. Uh, even the Catechism specifies like, and I think it might be quoting from Vatican II. Um, uh, times of relaxation, if they're done in the right spirit, can be an exercise of our baptismal priesthood. So now we can take it too far. You sure. know, if you're binge watching Chicago Fire until five in the morning or something, <laughs> we got to talk about the virtue of temperance or the lack thereof. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> but but, but the, I mean, the, the Lord, yeah, he, he, there's a way where, I mean, Obviously, there can be things that are immoral or whatever, but right. I mean, but times of relaxation and rest, that's part of the human condition. And we can do that in the spirit of prayer and religiosity, for lack of a better word. Because right part now. of me always, I'm like, am I doing the wrong thing because I get tired? Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I, I think no, I think be intentional about it. I mean, I, and, and some people are like, oh, do I have to do even? But to discern, like, Lord, what, what do you, because he will want you to to renew and refresh. And if it's consuming a little bit of, quote, unquote, popcorn, like just like some fluff, um, a fun TV show or a. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's I'm always at what I feel yeah. a higher level and yeah. I just want to. Yeah. Dumb it down for yeah, a while. That's totally. <laughs> Listen, I want to. I want to see Top Gun Maverick. I, oh, I want to yeah. see. And it's not a deep work of philosophy. I'm. Sh- I, I'm pretty confident. I mean, it's just, from what I've heard, it's a great fun action movie. Yeah. So I, I want to see that movie. Yeah, I, I I want my daughter to see that movie. So I need to know if it's like appropriate for 19 year old. I think it would be. I guessing so, but I haven't seen it. Yet, she has so. to watch the original. Like, not necessarily. I. For my own peace of mind. Oh, okay. Okay. Don't you agree? It's all about you, isn't it, Heather? That's totally. right. You are the baby of the family. I forgot. I am the baby of the family. <laughs> <laughs> and I have an only child. So. Here we go. <laughs> Grandma loves it. <laughs> so it is June, and we've successfully talked about, uh, well, I don't know if you call Dean Coons a beach read or not, but uh, some pop fiction, a summer blockbuster. What are... Uh, what, what else do we do in the summer that we can cover in like one minute? One minute. Um, Ice go cream. On, go on vacations. Yesterday. Don't, yesterday. Don't forget to go to go mass. On, go to, don't forget to go to mass when you go vacation. Uh, um, we celebrated yesterday my youngest daughter's baptismal day, which actually was last Friday. And we went and got some Neapolitan ice cream last night to celebrate baptism days. So one of the things, we only have a minute left, but one of the things that I want to start doing on Real Presence Live, and this is news to my whole staff, Uh-oh. but I Pay think it would be everybody. fun if people started taking pictures of where they go to Mass on vacation oh. and sending it to the radio station. Oh. Because I think that is the most fun part about going on vacation is seeing all the different parishes. But, you know, 
We'll see if that goes anywhere. That sounds good. Stay tuned. (laughs) All right. When we come back, we are going to have Emily Leadham, our long-lost friend, is going to be joining us from the Lord Center. Stay tuned. More Real Presence Live right after this. (laughs) 